Welcome back, High Point Online. My name is Andy. I'm the lead pastor here. Great to be with you this morning. Uh, you've already heard it once, uh, but I'll say it again. If this is your first time here, we're thrilled to have you here worshiping online. Uh, always a delight. And we're going to get into uh, the Bible here this morning, starting a brand new series. Uh, so with that, let's get into it. <clears throat> In 1974, two kids in Los Angeles, California. They're playing in their backyard, like kids do. Uh, if you have kids, then they you understand how this goes. They play in the backyard. Uh, well, they're, they're digging, um, like kids also sometimes do. And so they're digging in the dirt, and all of a sudden they, they hear a tink, tink, tink uh, with whatever utensil they're using to dig. And the more that they jump around on this dirt, uh, they realize there's something big buried in their backyard. And so they don't know exactly what to do. And it just so happens, maybe an hour or two later, a police officer in a squad car is cruising down the street again. This is 1974. And they flag the officer down. And they're like, uh, you know, officer, there's something in our backyard. And it's not normal. So the officer gets out of his car and he walks back. And sure enough, he begins to kind of feel around and realizes there is these kids are right. There is something buried back here, and it is not small. So he gets on his radio, and he calls two detectives, and he says, bring some shovels. And so all of a sudden, you have a couple cops, a couple kids digging in the backyard of 1137 West 119th Street, okay, close to Wilshire in Los Angeles, California, if you know where that's at. And as they're digging, they discover a 1970-ish Dino Ferrari that has been buried in the backyard of this yard. It's filthy, obviously. It's dirty. But in, instantly, you know you're sitting on something of tremendous value. And so this car, you know, of course, the kids are like, yeah, right? But they don't get to keep it. <laughs> and as it, as it turns out, this car was stolen. It was buried. And whoever buried it, they put towels in the windows and in these strategic places with the car to keep moisture out of it so that they could come back at some point and get this car out of the dirt. But they never did. So these, these kids find this amazing uh, Ferrari buried in their backyard. They don't get to keep it. It goes to the auction block. And you know what? Somebody buys it. Because somebody, even though it's covered in dirt, somebody looked at that Ferrari, understands this is a Ferrari, uh, and, and understands this thing has value to it. And so they buy it. They take it to the mechanic shop. They begin to buff, you know, they begin to clean the car up. And the mechanic is looking at it, and, and, and he literally, he says, you know, with just a little bit of oil here, I think the engine is in perfect shape. And sure enough, the engine is wor worked, right? And to this day, you can watch videos on YouTube of this car fully restored with very little replacement parts having to be added to it. Original taillights, headlights, original engine, original fender, bumper, et cetera, et cetera. And just this past year... Just this year, they replaced the interior of this car. 
Now we've got pics of, of, in fact, show the picture of this sweet ride. Amazing. This is the car that was buried, found, repainted, and restored. And we understand just by looking at it. I mean, if you, if you walked by this car, if you drove by this car, you would immediately say to yourself, that thing is worth some cash. In fact, it's worth about $350,000 as a car. There you go. How about finding that in your backyard? Good luck, kids. Have a great Sunday searching for buried treasure in your backyard. The reality is this. Things of value uh, are treated differently, aren't they? We understand that, that things that have value, they get treated differently. And, and, and whether it's the family photo album, right, or the, the, the memento that you have, uh, you know, the baseball card or the or kids, if you're watching, you may have a toy that is kind of special to you and you you treat it differently. What do we do with things of value? We, we, we store them differently. We put them in different places. We protect them. We clean them. We we do all the things to ensure that it stays valuable because we it, it means something to us. There was a time when people would, if you ask, like, what's the most you know, valuable thing in your home? If a fire were to burn your house down, what would be the one thing you'd go grab, right? And most people at, at some point, a decade ago even, it would have been like that family photo album. Well, now everything's in the cloud and we have 9 billion photos and videos that we'll never watch ever again in the history of our life, Right? But we oftentimes have mementos that mean things to us. We understand value. We understand that things of value are treated differently. So here's my question to you. How valuable to you is the Bible? Now, this is a hard shift because we're talking about things that you possess most of you probably watching have a Bible, or if you have a device like this right here, you have access to the Bible. And the Bible speaks of itself, and those who read it consistently oftentimes speak of it in similar ways. They speak of it as having immense value. So how valuable to you is the Bible, the scriptures, also referred to as the word of God? As somebody who lost a father, many of you have heard this story before, uh, the amount of value that videos have of someone that you've lost or voicemails from somebody that, that, that is no longer with you treasure those things. Why? Because you see them for who they are. You're able to hear their voice. You're able to, you're able to have some kind of moment where you engage with that person, even though it's one-sided. You, you experience something from them. The word of God, the Bible, the scriptures is, is God's very words to us. So my question to you, if your heavenly father has taken the time to speak to you, to give you a voicemail, so to speak, that we call the Bible, how much value do you really put on this thing? 
Psalm 119, 72, the writer David, he says that the law from your mouth is more precious to me than thousands of pieces of silver and gold. Man, your law, oh God, oh Lord, it's more precious to me than money and the gold and silver and all the land. It's greater to me than that. And does the Bible have greater value to you than like money, than wealth? That's a, I'm convicted when I read that. Right? When, when I preach this sermon, I, I want you to hear this. My, I, I'm, I'm, I'm working hard to, to preach a sermon for people who don't like sermons. Right. I, I want people who are sitting here to be able to engage with this message. And the reality is many of us don't like reading the Bible. Many of us have have strong opinions about the scripture. It's kind of just this. It's an outdated book, you know, or it's the family memento, you know, where you just you've got nostalgia. It's the family Bible. It's so holy. It's so holy. I can't even read it. Right, and it kind of just sits over, sits over here and collects dust, and it's something that you look at. It's nice. It's neat, you know. Or you don't really believe it, or you think to yourself, "This doesn't really have relevance to my life." I get these things. I get it. I remember as a kid reading the Old Testament, and I thought the stories were cool. Reading about David and Goliath or fire from heaven or plagues and wars and battles, that was pretty cool. But beyond, beyond understanding right, the story itself, I didn't, I didn't realize the Bible for what it was. I didn't grasp it as something that had bearing on my life, certainly not the Old Testament. It just was a collection of cool stories. But like a spoon, you know, if you ever use a spoon to cut, try to cut something, um, doesn't really work super well. Some people laughing off camera right now. I want you to know this. Use a spoon to try to cut something. It doesn't go super well. You're going to be frustrated. Why? Because the purpose of the spoon isn't to cut something. But many of us, we treat the Bible with the wrong purpose. We come to it with, with an agenda or we come to it with nothing at all. And we're not, and there's no surprise then that, that it's not accomplishing what we expected to accomplish because our expectations on it are wrong. Job 28, 12 through 15 and 20. Job writes this, he says, do people know where to find wisdom? Where can they find understanding? No one knows where to find it, for it's not found among the living. It is not here, says the ocean, nor is it here, says the sea. It cannot be bought with gold. It can't be purchased with silver. Where then does wisdom come from? Where does understanding dwell? God understands the way to it, and he alone knows where it dwells. I love how Job puts it when he writes this. And he's, even if we read the text prior to it, he's talking about people mining for gold and mining for silver and literally, literally, you know, plumbing the depths of the earth for that which has value. But the greatest value is, is the wisdom that only God can give. 
the wisdom that brings peace, the wisdom that brings life, the wisdom of literally knowing God. How, how do you, what do you do? How do you get that? You can't just go find it. You can't dig for it literally in your backyard like you would a Ferrari trying to find treasure that just might be buried there. Now, the only way you get that is by having a relationship with God and knowing him. But how do we do that? By engaging with his written word, the word of God, his very words. The purpose of scripture is this. It's to help you know God. The greatest treasure that you will ever experience is the treasure of knowing God. And that is what the Bible affords you. And that is why the Bible is of such immense value. It's God's words to you for us that we might know him and have a relationship with him. Everything points us to Jesus. The Old Testament points us forward to Jesus. The New Testament points us back to Jesus. We encounter the story of God and his plan of redemption for you and for me. And it allows us to know him. I love how uh, the clergyman Philip Brooks writes this. He says, the Bible is like a telescope. If a man looks through his telescope, he will see worlds beyond. But if he looks at his telescope, he doesn't see anything but that. In other words, if you look through the telescope, you can see galaxies and stars and worlds. But if you just take a step back and you look at the telescope as a telescope, all you see is the telescope. You don't see anything but that. The Bible is a thing to be looked through to see that which is beyond. But most people only look at it and so they see only a dead letter. I get that. That was me. That was me until, uh, 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 until there was something inside of me that, that really kind of woke up and desired to have real relationship with God, that desired to know him. And the only way to truly capture relationship with God, obviously through prayer and through other disciplines, but the Bible allows us to know God for who he is. In the coming weeks, we're going to talk about the inspired room, what it means for it to be inspired. What does it mean for you to read it? How do we do that? And we're going to be, be very practical with it. But I, want you to, I want you to see the value of this word today. The video that we're going to play here in just a moment, it's a, it's a powerful picture of a tribe of people receiving the Bible in their native language for the very first time. And sometimes when we talk about things of value, it's difficult for us sometimes to, to grasp the value of something because we have it everywhere. I have so many Bibles as a pastor, I can't even begin to tell you, right? And so, you know, walk into my office and it's like, uh, you know, I have shelves of different translations afforded to me. You have version. you've got the Bible app, we can download it, my, my kids can download it, there's kids versions, there's, you know, it's like, here's the 13-year-old teenage girl version, here's the 15-year-old version for kids who love baseball, here's the, I mean, we have versions of the Bible in America for like every nuanced thing in the entire world, it feels like. And so when we talk about the value of it, we don't always grasp it because there's so much available. 
But when you see it, when you see people who don't have it, but long for it, and who've been praying for Bibles, and would do anything for God's word to be translated in their language, it gives you a different appreciation for how valuable it truly is. Watch this. Darana nundi yudaibna gigip memero. Dara memero kum. Pok yonangna nundi gerenche omulatlam siyang wenena. Memero puku wenena ot kemilamap. Do wenena ani si ani yaglemla buka nundabi elulamap. Pok memero kum ni omulatlam siyang wenena. Ongui nundabi ketsepo. Seni lima po. Sumni ni wenena nundi yibunisin. Mati yut sampe wahyu. Gigip tangkal wenena. Wera yosimna. Ingin upni yang mana, nanti mungkin kiblam nuna buka, nanti kumpul neri masyarakat. Mungkin mampun disinap, disinap mungkin saya ingin ulam upti, nampak ingin ulam ni juga. Neri ingin nak kikip lawa biu pertanyaan lama apa rasanya na. Tapi ingin lamnu neri kena kikip pesarok pesingting kayu.
It's a powerful picture of what it looks like to value the word, isn't it? It's convicting. You might be sitting here and and you're looking at that and you watch a video like that and and, and you, you may not even grasp that still and that's okay, that's all right. I wanna invite you in this moment to begin reading the Bible even though you may not fully grasp its value. Even though as you read it initially, you may have big fat questions as you do. Even as you read it, it might be confusing. You, you, it, there's a whole host of things that you might be feeling or experiencing. And as we preach and teach through this series, my hope is that we begin to kind of walk through some of those, those things together. But before we get to that, I want to remind you in this moment of why we read the Bible in the first place. The purpose of Scripture is that you would know God. And when you, when you watch a video like the one we just watched and you see the joy that people have and they talk about their children being able to read the Bible and do what? Know God. And their children's children being able to read the Bible and to know God. It, there's something about when you read the scriptures and you hear and, and engage with your heavenly Father's words, you get to know Him in a way that it's very difficult without The purpose of Scripture is that you would know God and the greatest treasure that you can experience in this life is knowing God. And so our esteem of the Bible now gets to go up. You don't have to read it. You get to read it. 
right? We don't have to spend time engaging with God through the scriptures, but you get to. You get to hear from your heavenly father. And yes, that means there's going to be conviction and there's going to be difficulty and there's going to be confusion at times. And there's going to be hope infused into your heart. And there are going to be times where you don't like what it says. What, how does that sound? It sounds just like a mother or father speaking to their children, doesn't it? And yet, what do the words of a loving mother and father do to their sons and daughters? Shapes them. Directs their path. Helps them live the life that they're called to live. Lamentations 3, 22 through 23. I love that the word reminds me of who God is as I get to know him. Here's just a taste. The steadfast love of the Lord, it never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They're new every morning. Great is your faithfulness. What does the Bible remind me about God? What does it teach me about my heavenly father? It reminds me that he is faithful and that his mercies are new for you and they are new for me every single day. Don't you need to be reminded of that? God has fresh mercy for you literally today and his word brings that to life inside of you as you read it. Jeremiah chapter one, verse five, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. And before you were born, I consecrated you. This is God speaking to Jeremiah, but his words to his prophet are no less true and powerful to you. And you need to be reminded today that before you were even born, God knew you and had plans for you. You were the dream in your heavenly father's heart. Don't think for a second that you were a mistake. Don't think for a moment that you don't have purpose. God has set you apart for something great and something grand. And you need to be reminded of that. The Bible reminds us of who God is. Philippians 4, 13, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. What does God do? God is the strength giver. You're going through a hard time. It's helpful to be reminded that you serve a God who has all the strength in his power pinky and he can give it to you at a moment's notice he can make you strong enough for anything philippians 4 13 revelation 21 4 through 5 he will wipe away every tear from your eyes there will be no more death or mourning or crying or pain for the old order of things has passed away. He who was seated on the throne said, I am making everything new. See, sometimes you need to be reminded that you serve a God who gives hope. And what you're experiencing here is not the end. This is not the last chapter. It isn't the last letter. It isn't the last period. There is more to come. And the God that we serve, what does the Bible remind us? What does it tell us about who he is? He's a God who is wiping away everything that has caused pain. And he is making us new. He's redeeming us. That's who he is. 
The word reminds us of these things. And whether you are 95 or whether you are nine, you need to be reminded of the truth, the truth of who God is. There is no one like our God. There is no one like him. There's no thing. There's no treasure. There's no Ferrari buried in the backyard that has even comparable value to knowing God. And the way we know this God is by engaging and reading this Bible. And that's why it has such value to you and to me. This is more or less an introductory sermon today because in the coming weeks, we're going to unpack how to actually do this. Point of today was for you to, for, to, to raise the water level, to raise your esteem of this word. And now if you're sitting here today and you're like, okay, well, what do I need to do? How do I do this? Where do I start? It's a giant book. It's intimidating. It is. It is that. And so I'm going to pray in just a moment. But before we do, I want to invite you to do this. If you're looking to start reading the Bible, you can start today or you can start tomorrow. Turn to the book of Mark. It's the second book in the New Testament. One of the Gospels. It's 16 chapters long. And for the next 16 days, read one chapter a day. 16 chapters, 16 days. Read through the book of Mark and hear the gospel. Hear the message of Jesus. And discover more of who God is and his love for you. Father, be with us today. Lord, as we, as we get into the Bible... As we choose to read, as we, as we choose to esteem it for what it is, your words to us as our heavenly father. Help us not to disregard it. Help us not to ignore it. Lord, help us not to just put it on a shelf. Lord, help us not in, in the world that we live in where it's so common for us to, 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 to have it. Help us, Lord, to prize it for what it is. It is the means by which we get to know you and encounter you. Help us to love reading it. Help us to be drawn to it. Help us to discipline ourselves to take the time to read it. Lord, we love you and you are our greatest treasure. It's in your name that we pray. Amen. Thanks for tuning in today to High Point Online. We've got some Great announcements here in just a minute, but be reminded, get to know God by reading this Bible. And if you need a place to start, Mark chapter 1 is where we can begin. See you right here next week.